Guys, I hope you're ready for this. I want to dive into a story uh, that I've been studying and looking at. And it's, it's a story Jesus tells us, and it's found in Matthew chapter 13. And I don't want to waste any time getting into it, so I want to just dive in right now. Uh, Matthew 13, starting verse 24, if you have your Bibles, follow along. Otherwise, it will be on the side screens here. But it says this, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. And the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed into the field? Where then did these weeds come from? Verse 28. An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. And then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. I want to title this morning's message, Leave It Alone. Leave it alone. Would you turn to the person sitting next to you? You might tap them on the shoulder, look them right in the eye and say, Leave It Alone. Okay, now turn right back to him and say, leave me alone. I'm trying to pay attention. Why are you talking to me? Okay? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pay attention here. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I believe there's so much you want to speak to us through this parable, through this teaching. And I know right now, God, that, um, that God, if you don't show up in this place, then this is just a waste of time. So we invite your Holy Spirit to come and teach us now. Take these words of Jesus and make them uh, it, it just sink into our heart, to take root in our heart so we would understand, God, your love for us. So help us today, God, as we get into this. Help us to understand what you want us to know today. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, I want to ask you, have you ever noticed that there always seems to be one area in your life that you might be struggling with. In fact, it's not always the same area because sometimes it's like everything could be going really good in the workplace and then at home there's a struggle. Or, or at home you're doing really good, your marriage is rocking and then you find out that, that there's health problems going on. Or maybe, you know, work is good and your, your marriage is good, your kids are doing great, but then all of a sudden there's some surprise bills. It's like there's always some area of your life where there's a struggle. This is something that I've learned growing up. This is something that my father has taught me to look out for and, and something that he showed me over the years that like we might be doing really good at church and, and the church might just be going up and to the right. People getting saved and growing and, and, and building buildings and sending people out on missions and doing all sorts of cool stuff. And then somewhere else, another, some other area of our life, there might be a real struggle going on. Could be finances, could be relational, could be your health, but it seems like there's always some area in our life where there's a struggle. Well, Jesus is talking to us about this exact struggle when, when he starts telling this group of men, his, his followers, this parable here. And he says, he says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like, is like a man who sowed good seed into his field, but while everyone was sleeping... It's interesting because Jesus over and over and over again would talk in parables. And he would use this statement, the kingdom of God is like. 
Because he was constantly trying to help you and I understand the things of God. To try to put spiritual things, godly things, into to human understanding. So he'd give us these comparisons to help us get to know a little bit more. And he said, the kingdom of God is like a man who went out and sowed good seed. So he said, think about farming. It, it, it's like a man who goes out and farms. And I don't know if many of you are into gardening. I'm, I'm certainly not a farmer. But Amelie and I uh, have a garden at our house. And over the last several years, we've gardened a lot. And I've learned something about gardening. And gardening is incredibly tough work. In, in fact, we're in the season right now where we've been getting out and we've been tilling up soil and, 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 and digging and putting fertilizer in the ground. Well, I say that um, Really, Amelie has been out digging up the soil and putting fertilizer in. And it's kind of that way, like I'll help her for a little bit and then I sit down and drink a glass of tea because one of the things I've learned about gardening or or farming is it is incredibly hard work. In fact, we started off several years ago, we went into our backyard and we're like, we're going to do this huge section here and, and, and then maybe over here we're going we're gonna to grow some more edibles and we'll put a berry patch in over here. And now, like, our garden is really, really small because we realized that's a lot of work. And Jesus says, okay guys, I want you to understand the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like people who go out and they're, they're planting seeds. So here there's a group of men, they're working their tails off. They're, they're sweating like dogs all day long. They're tilling up the soil. They get the good seed in the ground and then the Bible says, and then they slept. Well, yeah, they slept. They were tired. I get tired watching Omelie work on our garden, you know? They were tired. See, I hear preachers all the time, they'll, they'll, they'll take this verse, they'll take what Jesus said here, and they'll say, that's what's wrong with the church today. We've gone to sleep. We're, we, we, need, we need to pick our heads back up and pay attention and never lose sight of the fact that we're under attack. The, what's wrong with the church and what's wrong with these people is that, that they fell asleep. No, that's not what Jesus was saying at all. That's not what Jesus is communicating to you and I because they did hard work and they got tired. Anytime you do hard work, you're going to get tired. If you go out and do physical labor, you're going to get tired. If you go out and you work on, on, on your work projects that causes emotional outpouring and you counsel other people and help other people, you're going to get tired. It, it, it makes sense that if we look at this, th- these men didn't do anything wrong. They, they just simply got tired. And it doesn't mean that when you get tired that you're irresponsible doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean that you love God any less. It doesn't mean you don't care. In fact, I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how anointed you are, how spirit-filled you are. You're going to get tired. If you're doing anything for God, there's going to be periods of time in your life when you're tired. So we can't look at this and, and say, well, these men didn't care. It doesn't mean that you didn't care. It doesn't mean that you were irresponsible. It doesn't mean you had a demon. It doesn't mean that you love God any less when you get tired. You just simply got tired. And anytime you do something big, a God thing, a mighty thing, a spiritual thing, anytime you do something big, you're going to get tired. So don't look down on these men. We can't look down on these men and say, oh, they, they were wrong for being tired. And in the same way, we can't look down on ourselves for getting tired. You can't feel guilty about being tired and, and start to 
start to get down on yourself, well, I guess I just need to, I need to work out more and do more. If I read my Bible more, then I'm going to have more energy to, to keep going. I, we go through seasons of life when we're tired. Amelie and I are right in the middle of one. You've heard it said that your 20s are busy, but your 30s are an absolute blur. And we are in one of these types of stages right now in our lives where if we're busy, it's a blur. We go to work early in the morning. In fact, I take one of our daughters to school and go to work. She takes our other daughter to school. We, we have offices that are like 15 feet from each other. And there are many days we don't even get to see each other because we're just one appointment after another. We're working. We're doing this all day long. And then we go home. She goes and picks up Kayla and I go pick up Rachel. And, and after that, we, we get to the house and then starts the cab driving stuff where we got to get them to dance studio. And then there's orchestra recitals and there's choir recitals. And then we come back and we've got midweek services in the middle of the week. There's just so much going on and we're just tired. And you've got to understand that God created you as a human being, that you need to recharge. And, and your being tired doesn't mean that, that God's destiny in your life is somehow affected, that, that, that you're failing at your purpose in life because you're tired. No, it, it really comes down to the fact that God created you to need to recharge. That just like we have batteries, we've got to recharge. And, and some of us, we recharge loud. I'm a snorer, and my kids, they say I recharge loud. Like, they'll make fun of me because I'll take a nap on a Sunday afternoon, and, and I'll wake up from my nap, and they'll be like on the other side of their house, and like, Dad, you were rattling the walls, you know? Maybe you have a snorer in your house. We recharge loud, right? These men were just recharging, but while they were recharging, while they were sleeping, something went wrong. Verse 25 says, but while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came, and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. The enemy came. I think it's important that we pause for a moment and realize that there's someone else that's being talked about in this story. Because we like to go through life and think, you know what, we, we do what God wants us to do. There, there's us and, and there's God. But Jesus is telling the story and he wants us to all be very clear that there's another person we need to recognize in this story. That there's, there's a master. There, there's us, the servants. But then there's also an enemy. And sometimes an enemy will come, and an enemy will come and try to ruin the things that God is doing in our lives. He, he will come and he will try to harm the, the good things that God is growing in your lives. And, and it's not because you've done anything wrong. It, it's actually because you're doing something right. Hear me on this. this. This is something someone in this room needs to hear today. The enemy comes and sows seeds into your life and tries to to sow weeds into your life and to harm you, not because you're doing bad. He didn't come because the ground was bad. He came because it was good. He was trying to stop the good that is happening in your life. When you obey God and God starts to, to bring blessings into your life, the enemy will come and try to mess it up. So in fact, the evidence of, of weeds growing in your life, there being trouble in your life, is not evidence that God doesn't care for you or that you're somehow messing up. In fact, it's evidence that the enemy doesn't want you to have the great things that God has already planted in your life. So he's trying to hurt you. In fact, this, this is something that I've seen growing up, and, and it's a perspective that can help us so much if we can just grasp this, that when we face battles in life, it's, it's not because we failed. It's not because we messed up. A lot of times we face battles because we're doing exactly what God wanted us to do. And as the enemy sees that, that there's blessings growing up in our life, he tries to put a stop to it. 
Amelie has a great perspective of it. I saw it just this last week, and I thought it was so cool because she had a day. She had a rough day. Now, I didn't get permission to tell you the details of what took place, but it was a rough day. She had a lot going on, and when I got home and I got into the house, she was on the phone with someone, and, and she was crying, and she was upset. So, of course, the husband side of me, it's like, I'm, I'm coming up, like, give me the phone. I want to know who. I need. They just picked a fight with me. Who is it, right? Who is it? Give me the phone. I'm going to fix this thing right now. Do they know who they're messing with right now by messing with you? And she's just sitting there on the couch, and she's crying, and she's on the phone, and I'm just like, to me, like, like you know, because like I'm saved, I got a relationship with God, but sometimes my flesh comes out, so you need to pray for me, you know, because I'm like, I'm plotting, you know, well, I'm gonna handle this right now. She gets off the phone, and I'm like, Who is it? Who is it? Come on, tell me who, who do I gotta go jump on right now? And she, 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 she just kind of wiped the tears away from her eyes, she, she took a deep breath, and then she smiled, and she goes, Dan, God's about to do something really big. And I'm like, Man, I wish I could just, anytime there's a struggle, kind of jump into that perspective of, you know what, if the enemy is attacking me right now, the enemy obviously sees that the blessings that are growing up around me are so big, he wants to mess them up. So she goes, okay, there's evidence here that if something difficult is happening, if I'm facing weeds in my life, trouble in my life, then obviously the enemy is trying to throw me off so I'm not going to receive the great harvest of wheat that God wants to give me. I hope that we could all be the type of people that we start to look at the struggles that we face in life. And instead of just going, oh, something's wrong, woe is me, I, I did something wrong. That, that we start realizing, you know what, this is evidence that I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. So the enemy came and he sowed seed into the field. Side point on that is... Satan is not a creator. He's an imitator. He doesn't have the ability to create. All he's ever been able to do is imitate what he sees the creator do. And since he sees the creator going so good into our lives, he, 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 all he can do is he think, well, I, can, I guess I could go see, sow some bad. So he's an imposter. He's a fake. He's a phony. He doesn't have the ability to come up with something new, to come up with something great. So what he'll try to do is he'll bring a trouble in a sowed form into your life, a counterfeit into your life. Now look at this. It says, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. That's verse 26. So the, the wheat sprouts informs heads at the same time they looked out in the field and saw that weeds also appeared so you might start following God and trusting him and expecting him to do good things in your life and you start seeing all of a sudden wait a minute I'm starting to see blessings. Now all of a sudden there's intimacy again in my marriage. Now all of a sudden uh, my relationship with my kids is growing again. My finances are turning around. I finally got that job opportunity I've been praying for. The same time, Jesus is telling us, the same time you start to see the blessings of God arrive in your life, you're saying look for it, look for it, because at the same time you're going to start to see that trouble is growing right beside it. That bad grows up right beside good. I asked you a moment ago, but have you ever noticed that like you, some areas of your life could be doing so good, but other areas of your life, there's a struggle. Like, 
you find out, finally, I got the diagnosis back from the doctor. Like, things are looking good. My life's turning around. Now, all of a sudden, there's a financial thing. Or I, I, I go home, and, like, my marriage is so much better. But then we find out there's, there's a financial problem or there's a work problem. It's like, in one area of my life, there's wheat. But on the other hand, there's weeds all at the same time. You can have good growing in your life, but you can also have bad growing in your life all at the same time. And don't you wish you could just go through a season where it's all wheat? It's all just the blessings of God. It's all just what God wants to pour out in your life and no struggle. But it doesn't work that way. There's good growing up and bad growing up all at the same time. Don't think just because you're doing good that, that, that you're going to hide from trouble and the enemy's not going to come and try to do anything to throw you off. So it says this, is raising up at the same time. And then verse 27, the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in the field? Where did this weed come from? They're asking the question, where, how could this have happened? Where did this come from? And I wonder, what were they thinking? Did you really think you're going to serve God and, and not face some struggles along the way? Did you really think you were going to commit to staying married for 50 years and not face some struggles along the way? Did you really think you're going to start talking to your friends about Jesus in the office place and not have some struggles along the way? They're going, how did this happen? Where did this come from? And then the master replies and he says, an enemy did this. You didn't do this. You sowed good seed. You started obeying God. You started trusting him. You started worshiping him you started reading your bible you you sowed good seed you didn't do this this is an attack this is a setup it's a sabotage it's it's the enemy trying to throw you off i wonder i i asked you i just want to understand who i'm talking to in the room today have you ever noticed anytime you set out to do something good like you make a commitment i'm going to make a change in my life then all of a sudden an attack comes how many of you have experienced that in your life yeah, that's the majority of us. You could set your watch by it, in fact. Anytime you decide, I'm going to make a change in my life, I'm going to do something great, you can look for it and you can set your watch and go, oh, here it comes, keep your eyes open, look for it because someone's going to say something discouraging. <laughs> there's going to be a surprise bill that shows up in the mail. There's, there's going to be a difficulty that comes along. And I think a lot of times, People go into life with the wrong mindset and they think, if I follow Jesus, then I'm never going to have any struggles. And then when the struggles come up, they go, well, something's wrong. I did something wrong. And Jesus is going, no, you got to understand, it, it, there's going to be trouble that grows up at the same time. And it's because the enemy did this. You didn't do this. There's certain things in your life that you can't explain any other way that the enemy did this. It's an attack. So... Here's the problem with human nature and when you and I experience things like this is whenever you work so hard and you try so hard to, to produce something good in your life, like these farmers who went out in the field, you, you, you're trying so hard to do life the right way and then when you see something rise up that is threatening the very thing you were working so hard for, when that happens, all of us get this attitude of like, well, I need to do something about it. I need to fix this. Somehow I'm going to fix this problem. I'm going, to get out, I'm going to get out there, and if I could just make this phone call, I'm going to fix it, and, I, and I'll call this person. I'll go have a fight with this person. I'll, I'll handle it some way. And we all have this tendency to think, I'm going to, I see a problem. i got to fix it. 
There's some of us in this room that are bold enough to see other people's problems and try to fix their problems too. I'm not looking at anyone in particular. <laughs> but it's part of our human nature. We see a problem like, wait a minute, this, this is rising up against me. I've got to fix it. I've got to go uh, attack it and I, if I could just handle it. And God's saying, stop, stop. Wait a minute, you didn't ask me what to do with this problem. This, this is not something you did. This is an attack. So why don't you ask me what the strategy is uh, of how I want you to handle this? We see the men in this story. They, they went to the master and said, what do you want us to do? And, and God gave them their strategy. And I think a lot of us struggle because we never stop to ask God, what's the strategy? What do you want me to do? And we need to understand that God is good at getting people out of trouble. God is good at getting people out of rough places, getting people out of fields that are covered in weeds. He's good at this. And you can look all through Scripture and you could ask, you could ask Joshua when he shows up at Jericho and sees all of the troops that are up on the wall and chariots. Is, is God good at getting people out of trouble? You could ask the, the Hebrew boys who ended up in the fiery furnace. Is God good at getting people out of trouble? You could ask blind Bartimaeus. You could ask the ten lepers. You could ask Lazarus. Is God good at getting people out of trouble? And yes, we see we serve a God who is good at getting people out of trouble. But the problem is that when you ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And God gives you a strategy. God's strategies are weird. Okay? Let's just face it. They're weird. Because Naaman, you're full of leprosy. I know, God. Will you heal me? Yes. Go bathe in dirty water seven times. <laughs> what? You want me to? I'm going to look crazy. You're, you're struggling in your finances. God, help me. I, I don't have enough. I can't, I, I can't make ends meet. He says, trust me, put me first. Like what? That doesn't make any sense. Joshua, you're a Jericho now. I want you to, to take the city. I'm, we're going to knock the walls down. You're going to defeat Jericho today. And Joshua's like, okay, I got my sword. I got my army. We're ready to attack. Let's get in there. God, what do you want me to do? And he says, I would take a walk. <laughs> take a walk? What are you talking about? You know, just get up in the morning and walk around the city. They're going to think we're crazy, God. What are you talking about? Take a walk. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and then get up tomorrow and do it again. And, and then get up the day after that and do it again. And then on the seventh day, you're going to take a walk. But then when you're done with your walk, I want you to go out there and do it again. And do it again seven more times. We look at this and go, God, these strategies are crazy. They don't make sense. But just because the strategies of God might seem crazy doesn't mean they don't work. But the strategies of God might seem crazy because the strategies of God take faith. It takes faith to say, you know what, even though it doesn't make sense, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to do life the way God wants me to. I'm going to attack this situation the way God wants me to. And here Jesus is talking about a problem. He's talking about the fact that an enemy came and sowed weeds into the farmer's field. So now there's someone who's been looking for blessing and they're seeing trouble pop up all around him. And he says, I got the strategy for this. This is what you're going to do. You ready? And all the workers, they lean in, they get real quiet. Okay, you ready? Yeah, what, what do you want us to do? Leave it alone. <laughs> what? You want, no, there's weeds out in the field. We're trying to protect our field. You want, we could go out there right now and pull it. Leave it alone. But 
don't you want me to go out there? I mean, don't you want my advice on this? I could help you with my advice on how we could fix the situation. And the master said, you leave it alone. You have nothing to do with this. This is an attack against you and against what I'm doing in your life. So I'm going to handle this one. And we have a God who says sometimes, I want you to leave it alone because I'm going to handle this one. My daughter, Rachel, is now in middle school, and, and she got into middle school, and we've heard the stories of middle school drama popping up. We've heard all the, the difficulties that come with having a daughter in middle school, and we were expecting it, but we weren't expecting that it was going to begin on day one of middle school. And at the beginning of this year, Amelie and I recognized right off the bat that my daughter came under some attack, and... It's real easy. I mean, I understand there are times in life when you hear one side of a kid's story versus another and this and that. But Amelie and I observed for a little while, and we saw that there was an enemy that was planting some weeds in my daughter's life. And there was some struggle that was going on in her school. And my daughter was coming home distraught. And she's like, Dad, I need to fix this. I could go do this. I could go do that. I could go have this meeting. I could go do this. I could. And after we watched for a while, Amelie and I looked at this, and there was a problem that we realized, you know what, this is not a problem for her to fix. I've got this one. So the strategy I gave my daughter is I said, I want you to go back to school and go to class, and I don't want you to ever think about or talk about this again. I got it under control. She goes, Dad, no, I, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to fix this, and I'm going to do that and do this. And I said, leave it alone. You go back, and you go to school, and Mama Bear and I are going to go show up, and we're going to go handle things. Now... Don't you know when we got there where problems needed to be fixed and mama bears in the room, all I had to do was just step back and be like, you know, I gotta just like I'll pull her off of you. I'm sorry about that, you know. My daughter never knew what happened. She never knew what took place. She knew the fix the way the, the situation got fixed. Why? Because daddy stepped up and said, This is not for you to fix. I don't want you going and running things down and getting dirty and getting muddy and getting yourself in so much more struggle and so much more problem. I want you to leave it alone. And there are times when God says, the battle is not yours, it's mine. And the, he's trying to attack someone I love. He's trying to attack you. So I'm gonna handle this. But we come in and we think, I, I'm going to fix it myself. And that's where we see like Peter step up and, when they were trying to arrest Jesus and say, no, I'm going to handle this one. And he goes and starts swinging a sword. And now all of a sudden God's going, now not only am I going to handle the situation, I have to fix the mess you just created too. Now I've got to go back and do some healing work in people's lives. And I've got to restore some things simply because I told you to leave it alone. You didn't leave it alone. And I think we do this similar thing to God all the time when we see weeds pop up in our life and, and we go, you know, I, I got to fix it. I got to get out there. And, and God's saying, leave it alone. And we're saying, well, wait, don't you want my opinion on the matter? I mean, don't you think that I could bring some wisdom in on this? And he's saying, stop it. I'm your God. I created you. I started this good work in you. And I'm going to complete this good work. I'm going to bring it to the end. So if there's an enemy that's trying to mess up the good work I'm doing in your life, trust me, I'm going to handle your enemy. I'm going to bring it down. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that you have harvest, and I'm going to bundle up all the weeds and get rid of it. But don't you know that most of us don't ever experience that because we live our lives 
going out into the field and pulling weeds. We live our lives going, I need to fix it. And see, what the enemy will try to get you to do is he will try to keep you fixing problems so long that you never even hear, you never even ask God, God, what is your strategy? Do you want me to even fix this problem? As I was praying this morning and getting ready for this, I I feel like God showed me a picture of what someone in this room is doing. I I was praying and I, I feel like God just showed me like a person walking through a field, and while they were walking through a field, they were just pulling one weed after another, after another, and there was sweat dripping off of them, and they were tired, and they were pulling weeds and pulling weeds, and the entire time they were doing it, there was more weeds popping up behind them. And they finally pulled a couple more weeds, and they looked back, and the entire field that they had just pulled weeds in was covered with weeds. There's some of you in this room that you're striving. You're going through life fixing one problem after another, after another, after another, and God never said to go fix the problem. He never said to go hunt it down. He never said go pull the weeds. In fact, when these men asked the master, what do you want us to do? Leave it alone. I'm going to handle this one. I wonder, have you asked God what his strategy is for this battle that you're facing right now? Because I believe for many of us in this room, God wants you to stop striving. He wants you to stop battling. He wants you to stop going out and pulling weeds and driving yourself into the ground. And he's saying, you're wasting your life fixing things that aren't going to go away until I take them away in my timing. I want to invite you, if you would, to stand on your feet with me. I believe the secret of this text is that the Bible says that the master sowed good seed into the ground. And many of you, you're still here today, you're still standing today because you're good seed. You need to understand, there's people in this room that have gone through some difficulties. They've gone through loss of loved ones. They've gone through divorce. They've gone through bankruptcy. There's there's some people, you have gone through some horrible things, some struggles in life, but you're still standing today because you are good seed. God planted you to do great things. He planted you to be a blessing to others, and he planted you to be blessed yourself. You're still standing. And I think the answer for a lot of us today that have been striving is we look at this this struggle. We look at the fact that we see blessings rising up in our life and we also see the problems rising up in our lives and we want to jump after it. We want to fix every problem that rises up and, and we hear God say, leave it alone. Don't do anything. Just just stop and praise me and thank me. And you say, wait a minute. Are you saying, I got out, out of bed today. I got my family dressed. Uh, we drove here on this Sunday morning so you can tell me, here's the answer to my problem. Don't do anything? <laughs> yeah. I believe there's some of us in this room, we, we need to hear this. You need to chill out. You need to take a step back and take a deep breath and and look and see that we have a God who loves you, who is going to take care of you, and we need to just lean in and thank him and praise him. Going back to doing what we're supposed to do, and I sent my daughter, I said, you go back to school. You You keep focusing on class. And I wonder, are you spending more time trying to fix your problems than you are thanking God for the fact that he's in control? I'm saying praise God, not, 
not when he gets you out of the problem, but before he gets you out of the problem. When you can still look out in the field and still see that there's weeds popping up all around you, are you willing to praise God now, to thank God now? So the answer is leave it alone. And wow, simple message, easy point. But it's a really tough one to follow through with. So what I want to do is I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes before we dismiss today. And if there is some of you in this room that are having a real difficult time leaving the situation alone, seeing weeds and just wanting to go out and pull weeds and you're, you're living your life struggling, if it's you, put your hand up in the air so I can pray for you. put your hand back down. You know, the Bible says to cast all of your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. That's 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. When you cast something, it actually means to throw it, to get rid of it. But what a lot of us do is we see problems in our lives and we try to throw it at Jesus, but I'm going to keep a death grip on it. Like, I'm watching you, Jesus, because if you don't fix it as quick as I think you should fix it, then I'm going to get back in there and I'm going to keep messing stuff up, you know? And we go through life just like, oh gosh, there's another problem and another problem and another problem and another problem. And we have a Savior that's going, listen, I know, I see it. There's weeds growing around you and I'm going to handle that. So what I want to do right before we dismiss right now is for all of you that just raised your hand and said that's you, you're holding on to stuff, I want to help walk you through casting your cares on Jesus right now. I want to just encourage you to think about that thing, that situation, that drama, that relationship, that health report that you've been losing sleep over. And I want to encourage you to just present it before the Lord right now. So in fact, just as a symbol of what we're doing right now, I want to ask you to lift your hands up to the sky like you're handing it to God right now. Pray with me. God, we've been out pulling weeds. We've been trying to fix problems. And and God, I repent right now for all of us in this room that we never even asked you, do you want us to fix the problem? Do you want us to even get out here and get dirty? Do you want us to attack one thing and then another and another? So God, forgive us for that. And these things that we've been worried about, these attacks from the enemy, we can't explain it any other way than an enemy did this. This is not what I sowed. This is not what I sowed into my relationship. This is not what I sowed into my kids. This is not what I sowed into my workplace. So God, there's weeds in the field. Do you see the weeds? God, I trust you right now that you're going to handle it. So I just encourage you right now, symbolically, just hand it over to Jesus and say, God, I believe you're in control. I believe that you're going to handle it better than I could ever handle it. And I believe I don't even need to know another thing about it because it's going to get handled better than I even need to understand. So God, I pray right now that as we are your followers, that you would give us the faith to be able to trust you, to be able to handle things without me putting my opinion in there, without me putting my little, my minute little thoughts into the equation. So God, I thank you for every person in here. And I thank you for the fact that that this is a room full of good seed, a room full of people who you're bringing blessings up in our lives. And I pray that we would stay focused on you and stay focused on the blessings that you're doing in our lives and never turn our face towards those weeds. 
So God, I love you so much and I, I praise you and thank you. And we pray right now that as we get to leave here and see people get baptized, that you would just, you would be glorified in this place in such a beautiful and powerful and miraculous way. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you believe he's good, let's give him a shout of praise.